You know, speaking of which, I was thinking about that, and Inglorious Bastards came up, and I was like, let me uh-huh. watch this see if this is really one of my favorite movies. Uh-huh. I, as I was watching it, I was thinking, I was thinking what you said, and I was like, there's no feet in this, because well, like, what's the only girl character is like this hardened badass yeah, who's, Shoshana. You know, who's trying to like kill you know the Nazis or whatever. Um, no, but as you're watching, mm-hmm. you still get... It's that one uh, actress, Diane Kruger. She uh, there, Diane there's Kruger. that scene where before he kills her. Yeah. It like I'm not a foot guy, but like he must have went out of his way to be like, this has to be the most gorgeous foot. Like this is gonna be the best foot to ever be seen because I looked at that and I was like, damn, she has beautiful feet. And like I said, I'm not a foot guy. I don't give a shit about feet. Now, how many times did they say the N word in that movie? See, say I to- Negro. I, I told you, I'm pretty sure my theory holds up. The 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 more feet that he's allowed to show, the less um, he says the N-word. Oh, damn. Maybe he should do, he should have done like a feet foot party patrol or something. <laughs> no, but I was laugh. I laughed so hard because I was like, you know what? The whole movie, nothing, 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 nothing. And that one, and it's like specifically mm. on the foot. Like, I'm almost positive that he fucking jacked off to that. Oh yeah, hardcore. Because it, like I said, being someone who's not a foot guy, I looked at it and I was like, she has a nice foot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I'm Rick Dalton. It's my pleasure, Mr. Schwartz. Call me Marvin. Put it there. That's your son? No, it's my stunt double, Cliff Booth. Last night, we watched a Rick Dalton double feature. <laughs> All the shooting. <laughs> I love that stuff, you know, the killing. A lot of killing. Anybody order fried sauerkraut? So you still direct, huh? Still here. You can do anything you want to him. I hired you to be an actor, Rick. Not a TV cowboy. You're better than that. Line. Cut! Embarrass yourself like that in front of all those goddamn people. Alright, what's the matter, partner? official old buddy and has been here i am flat on my ass who, who i got living next door to me i'm sharon tate i'm in the movie you're in this that's me i play miss carlson the klutz charlie's gonna dig you and that gospel group Telling you and me 
this town. I can all change like that. Hey! You're Rick fucking Dalton. Don't you forget it. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Um, Quentin Tarantino's last movie, that's it. He's done no more. Tell me, Dom, what do you think about this movie? Honestly, having seen it twice and letting it stew a little bit, I could say this is one of his best ones. I wouldn't would it say, like some other people are saying right now, like, oh, this is his best one ever, and oh, this and that. No, because, I mean, he's done Hateful Eight. Amazing. Django Unchained, awesome. Inglorious Bastards, that's an awesome, amazing film. And then my favorite, Jackie Brown, that one's so good. So it's like, it's so hard to be like, this is his best film because there's so many other. It's so crazy because it's like, he doesn't have that many other films, but he does. You know what I mean? It's that weird thing where it's like, but all of his films, like, if you list them, you're just like, yeah, that's a really, that's a really good one. I think he's the case that, um, his older films aren't necessarily bad, but they're not in the same realm as his later films. Oh, yeah. You you get a sense of, like, after... I think after Kill Bill is, like, this kind of transitionary to, like... I say, doing... I say Kill Bill is a transition because yeah. that film felt like it was going for something grander. Mm-hmm. And actually, it kind of... You know what? To be honest, it did. Yeah. If we're going to be fair, it did. Uh, and I think that was kind of... His step to like, oh, I can actually look at look how great this film is. I can make better films. You want to see? And then he proceeded to do so. Yeah. Then he's like, here, everyone, you have to look at feet just like how I look at them every night. Oh God. Is he married? Huh, I don't know. Probably. It's probably just a big old pair of feet. I was gonna say, you take the girl he's married to. I was like. <laughs> Huge ass, beautiful feet. Probably like a Peggy Hill, but like super gorgeous feet. Maybe because she wore a size sixteen, right? And that was in women's <laughs> size. Uh, I think I'm on the same with you uh, with it being a good film. I think that people want to chalk this up to be like one of the best. Because is this his last film? I I think he's. He's kind of teasing us with that. He he always said that he, he'd love to just make 10 films, and that's it. But we're at number nine, and he's kind of like, huh, will I, won't I? Did, um, but did they, ca- or did they count um, he counts, the Grindhouse one? They do count Grindhouse. Um, Death Proof? I always just, for, I, maybe, maybe it's the Kill Bill thing that threw me off. But, yeah, either way, I think people are, are kind of looking at it like this is the end of his career and so they're waiting for that magnus opus if you will yeah like this is supposed to be his home run yeah and it's uh, i mean he hit it to like right right field or left field and they're 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 going for it but we're not sure yet i think i would say i would say that it was um it was one of those balls where he nipped it but it looked like a it looked like a like a oh no it's definitely a ball but it hit the it hit the um, catcher's balls oh. so it looks like he just can't find it but really hurts so he gets to run to the next base mm, okay. without people causing too much See, drama for anyone out there who doesn't think we know about baseball 
we know about baseball. <clears throat> no. Uh, so, I mean, let's just start with, like, why it's good. Obviously, you have probably, I would say, his two, like, better actors in the later years. Because mm-hmm. um, I, like I said, I just got done watching Glorious Bastards. And I'm not like a, I'm not like a, oh, I don't. I hate Brad Pitt or, oh, Brad Pitt's my favorite actor. It's more like, yeah, I know who Brad Pitt yeah, is. He's, he's fine. Yeah. But in that movie, it's like, you know what? Th- his character is so completely. Ridiculous. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> out there. Yeah. But it fits. Yeah. Like, it, I don't know how to explain it. Like, it just, it feels like, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Especially when you have, um, what's his name? As the the Nazi guy, oh, um, Christoph Waltz. Yeah, Christoph Waltz. Um, because obviously the best like villain in a movie. Oh yeah, and, that, and uh, he and I think oh, yeah he won for that one too. Yeah. Oh. Okay. And uh, I yeah, I don't know. At the end, watching them together, it's like yeah, I can, I could, I this all makes sense. Yeah, it all makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have them together in a movie, and obviously you're never gonna get something. Oh yeah, uh, and then obviously you know he does what he does with his skewed alt- alternate reality history thingy. Mm-hmm. We'll get into later. Yeah, so that's that's kind of cool. You know, when when you're going to something like this, it's really cool to look at from a different perspective. Um, and yeah, I I don't know. It, I mean, he did capture that era very well. Yeah. I would I I will say right off the bat I think it does have a little bit of faults. Yeah. And I don't think it's as solid as some of his past movies. No. But I do agree that it's a good movie. Is it his best movie? Probably not. Cuz like I mean we we kind of talked about this after we saw like um not Bingo. Hateful Eight is a solid like movie. Like even though that movie is long it just it doesn't make you feel that way I because think, it's. I think uh, that movie would have been perfect for an ending mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. Because it it's it's a movie that <laughs> it's kind of out there, like compared to what you think you're gonna get yeah. from him. It's it it's shot completely differently. Like he was like, no, I want it to be super long. I want to be very detail oriented. And and it only it's only one location. Yeah, basically. it's only this one location and. It's like this murder mystery thing. And, and what also makes it like that could have been like the perfect ending is like it's about an older like cowboy-esque character who's like this is his last ride kind of thing. He's And like this is how he goes out. He kills all the bad guys, but he's left like holding his <laughs> bloody dick. <laughs> uh, which maybe, maybe that's why I like honestly I do feel like that's probably going to go down as one of his greatest, if not the greatest movie he ever did. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's someone who went into the movie thinking like, I'm not going to like this, but I'll give it a shot. <laughs> and then I'm over here like, well, now I got to watch the extended version. Yeah. Now. Cause and it's... someone's like, wait, there's an extended version. Yes. Yeah. Which uh, I wanted to see that in theater because they gave you like the book, like a, like a, an actual book, like book for it. And then they, like it was a 70 millimeter film. Uh, like that would have been just amazing to see. Yeah, so this movie, you tell me about things you liked and things you didn't like. Okay, so a lot of the things that I did like was I liked how they they did show you like the ins and outs of like the Hollywood at that time and how how it was transitioning from like 
the old staples of like, oh yeah, like westerns and like, yeah, you, he could like get a job doing this and this and that, right? And then it's showing like, well, I mean, it, obviously it's, it is kind of a good like ending to a career for like a director too, because it is like, oh, look, at, I, I don't belong in this this kind of film anymore. Or like he had to go to Italy to do like spaghetti westerns and then how he just like really doesn't have a place, but he's still a great actor. A lot of the, um, like supporting cast is really good. I mean, they're always really good, right? Like Bruce Stern is pretty good as George Spawn. Um, I think Margaret Qualey does a really good job at being like the hippie girl. And I think, I think she's going to be amazing like later on. And then um, even the little girl, uh, what was her, what's her name? I forgot her name. She does the, yeah, the, like, she's an like, actress. Yeah, she's little. like, that was the greatest acting I've ever <laughs> seen in my whole life. And he's just sitting there like crying. Um, <sighs> I think we've done enough. We done did enough tiptoeing around it, but I think the ending. Okay. I think for some people, I, I, I think I kind of feel like he did it on purpose because obviously he had to. Where he was like, I want to tell the story, right? It's called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I, I, don't, I want to tell it about like how we lost ourselves. But I don't want the ending to be a downer. I want it to be happy. So I'm going to just change it. I'm going to change it a little bit. And so he ended up changing it to be like, hey, these characters end up saving the day. Instead of the brutal murder of all these people... Then plus the other people that they murdered later on. So we go from the story that's just about like Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt as they're like moving on, right? And then all of a sudden the night of the Manson murders and instead of killing Sharon Tate, they're like, oh, was that Rick Dalton? Yeah, from Bounty Law? <laughs> yeah, let's go. Hey, I have a great idea. Let's go kill Rick Dalton instead. And so then, as well, yeah, as well, well, as well. And so then a fight ensues. Brad Pitt basically cleans them up. And then, and then Leonardo DiCaprio comes out with the blowtorch and just burns, uh, uh, what's her name? Um, Sadie in the pool. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, now that I've sat and thought about it a little bit more, I've been like, okay, I think I, I think I understand why he did it a little bit more. Um, I know that people who are super into this, like my mom, just, they just aren't going to get it. I think you said it about right. I mean, I guess you could break it down in certain ways where some people find it offensive and some people find it uh, like almost happy in a, in yeah. a sense. But I do feel like he still gives you, like, even though... <laughs> Even though it does end kind of on a happy note, it's not necessarily a happy ending because, yeah, in this alternate universe, these people didn't die. But if you look at it as, like, what could happen afterwards, you have this aging actor who had this crazy night. Maybe he has a career afterwards. Who knows? I imagine that he has some sort of career because of infamy. Probably. Uh but at the same point, this was also supposed. This was supposed to be their last night together, mm-hmm. because he couldn't afford them. So uh, you could look at it as like, oh well, everyone lived happily ever after. Oh, Sharon Tate, 
she had a baby in her and uh, Jay, they, they, they got together and they raised a baby and, and uh, now, and now that weirdo. Do you think you know, Roman Polanski still would have done what he did? Oh yeah, probably, <laughs> probably even harder. He's like, I am the greatest director of all time, so I get to do multiple things, and it's like, yeah, because we allowed that for so long. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, you could look at it that way, but you could also look at it as like, maybe the story doesn't go down in infamy like we think it would. Maybe it was just one night of like a failing actor just happened to be like, oh yeah, you hear about this? It's one of those, it's one of those weird things where we listened to um last podcast and be like, yeah, you guys ever heard of this like random murder like spree night killing thingy? It's like, oh, that's crazy. Uh, who knows? But I do feel like he kind of gives you enough to where, yeah, I get it. When we first talked about it, you're bringing up the idea of like, well, it almost feels, I guess it almost feels like cheapened to say, oh, look at these, these people, they really died. This is a real event, but I'm going to change it because like, oh, just cause, right? Oh, yeah. just whatever. But I also kind of look at it as like, well, yeah. I get it. Why do they have to follow every footstep? Why do they have to go, you know, step by step to get you to that one point? Yeah. To where that one point changes. But I also look at it as like, yeah, that's that. But that's kind of alternate realities, right? And see, and then that, that's why me sitting and like thinking about it a little bit more, I came more around to thinking like, yeah, but like I do have to think of it. I think of it from like people who don't know it as much as like me and my family because we've been indoctrinated by my mom for so long about it that like there are people who just know the man charles manson yeah and that's it yeah they don't know like everything about it so for them this this is just like oh but it also but when i was thinking about it, i was like it also gives you a chance to like yeah like you watch this and you're like that sounds kind of funny i don't know if that's what really happened and it gives you a chance to actually like find out I think it I think what it does too is it 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 takes the power away from the Manson murders. Yeah. Because you look at it when you when you get down to the Manson murders, all it gets all you come across is that there was this gruesome murder by these you know group of good, people. That's a good way to look at that. And it was orchestrated by this crazy Devil worshiping madman. Even though it turns out he was just some hippie who's like, "Hey, I'm in jail. What's going on, guys?" Yeah, but this kind of it humanizes it, it mm. declaws it, and it puts it in a box where it's like, "No, look at this is really what it was." Uh, because I I thought it was really I thought it was really well done where they take you to the actual ranch. They show you like, hey, look at it. it's yeah, it's creepy that you have a lot of these like young, attractive women, but they're not they're not all right in the head. <laughs> um, and it it kind of shows that, and I and I think that Brad Pitt's character is a standing for something, probably, but I don't know what it is because I don't know. if you look, okay, if he were to go at it as like, oh, okay, we're gonna do this story like some other person. They would have made they would have made getting to that the the compound like the scariest thing in the world. Him walking, him even having the idea to go walk to the house, like terrifying, right? Um, what's his name coming back on on horseback, like insanely scary. But he didn't. He's like you know he's kind of a stone hard ass. So he's like ah oh, yeah I'll just make my way over there. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and even though it kind of gives you those cues of like, this is like what happens in a, a horror film. This is blah, blah, blah. He's just like, mm, I'm going to go say hi. And uh, when after you leave that, right, like, you know that, oh, there's like there's all this animosity there now because some guy just came in and he just he wrecked shit, but not really wrecked shit. But he did, you know, like, oh, he, that was disrespectful. Oh, oh, oh and th- those are the killers. Insane. But then when you get to the end, <laughs> someone who's not even 100 percent there just destroys them because they yeah. are literally hippies that yeah, they, just went out yeah, there. They were just they weren't they weren't ex military, no. you know, secret service people who were planning this for decades. Like no no no. Yeah. They're just people who try to do something. Yeah, just goes to show you that like people that we build up in our heads sometimes is like, oh these are the ultimate killers. It's like no, they're just bumble bungling their way through and they accidentally did these things with with malicious intent. Sometimes they, sometimes they did it on accident. I'm not saying that they they did. I'm just saying sometimes. Um, but like, yeah, it's like you had these scared teenagers who were told, "Hey, go to this house, kill everyone there," and they're like, uh, "Okay, well, why would we do that?" He's like, "You want more acid?" Yeah. All right, then we'll go do it. I feel like that's. Maybe what this movie did at the end. Maybe. Uh, and I do find solace in the fact that, her, uh, what's her name, sister, like I said, she talked about how she was in tears after the movie because it brought her sister to life again. And that it didn't focus on all this so, negativity yeah. in her life because we talked about it. When you talk about Sharon Tate, all you talk about is the murder and her her ex-husband being a piece of shit. Yeah. And that's all her life has ever been since she but died. Don't you think that um th- that we should boycott this film because it, they didn't even ask Roman Polanski's permission about like portraying his life? <laughs> oh, yeah, you know I'm done with anything about that. Be, uh, hashtag justice for the victims. <laughs> <laughs> and I do I and I think what's really well done too is when you look at that, right? You look at Charles Manson here. You look at Roman Polanski. They are literally throwaway characters. Yeah, good. He doesn't want to get to, into their lives. He doesn't want to show them. He shows... The only thing he shows with Marilyn Manson is he grows up... Marilyn Manson. Or Marilyn Manson. <laughs> Charles Manson. Hey, Marilyn Manson, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I mean, he could have played yeah, uh, maybe, Charles Manson. Yeah, who knows? No, but the only thing they show is like him going up, like, oh, it's not the house. Oh, okay, fuck. Later, that's it. Yeah. And Roman Polanski, he's just there. Like, yeah. yeah, Charles Manson has what one line, right? Where he's like, "Hey, is uh, Terry still here?" You know, yeah. Dennis Wilson, they around. I kind of like that too. I like how he went that yeah. route. And he didn't. He didn't try to. He didn't try to characterize them like you would imagine someone writing a story yeah. like this would. Um, and I, I, and I feel like that's also like part of bringing the power back of not showing Charles Manson in any other light of just this like guy who can't understand yeah, that no one lives there anymore. Cause you could have, he, he easily could have just did a movie about the murders and like, and then the trial and you, you get into, Oh, this is who Charles Manson was and how he lived. And then, Oh, the, and then he lived to be 80 years old. You know what I mean? Like he totally could have done that, but instead he was like, Hey, how about we focus about this? 
other character that's made up? Uh, one one thing that I actually do have a problem with, and I think I think maybe reflecting on on like we said, trying to reflect on his movies, the the I don't know, I wouldn't even know if it's the pacing, but the way it's put together, I felt like could have been a lot better. Yeah, <clears throat> because like I said, I just got done watching Glorious Bastards, and when you watch that movie, it is so goddamn well done where it takes you through this whole story literally piece by piece by piece and at the end it all makes sense yeah and 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 it doesn't it doesn't focus on like oh well we got to go back to you know the um the french lady okay well let's come back to the bastards oh 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 we got to show you know this englishman now okay blah 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 it gave everyone their time to breathe and each section a time to breathe. So where when you could go back and forth, you're like, oh, yeah, I haven't seen this person on screen for the last 15 minutes. That's fine because we're going to now we're going to get back to their story. And that, yeah, you're right. That's, I think, one of the problems with this movie is because we start off with Rick and Cliff um, and then it just it kind of goes to where, where does it go from there? It's like it does like the flashback, but from from cliff and then it jumps to sharon and then it goes back to rick and then yeah. it goes back to cliff and then it's like and it's just it's like kind of like well wait 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 because I, I think when i first saw it i was like when it did the the like the flashback i was like oh it jumped ahead and then like you see like him talking and then doing with the stuff with bruce lee right and then it came back and i was like oh that was a flashback okay 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 yeah yeah, yeah. i knew that yeah and i think maybe the the whole idea of like having chapters fucked it up too because like i said we've seen it done really well Mm -hmm. with this um with hey fully kill bill does that kill bill uh it just didn't it didn't work with this movie uh and if it whatever he was going for or you know however he wanted to feel it just didn't feel right to me if he had done more of like a pulp fiction thing where he just Basically, like, wrote down all the scenes, just threw them in the air, and, like, was like, hey, at least this is the beginning and this is the end, and he kind of just moved them around. Do you think that would have worked a little bit better? Maybe. Like, have it more chaotic, but still, you know, make sense that there's a beginning and an end. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, uh, because it kind of felt like that's what he was doing at first. That's what I thought he was going to go for, too, because someone was telling me... I don't remember who, that that's what he was going to do. Like, that it was going to be like, oh, it's going to be like Pulp Fiction. It kind of jumps around. Yeah. But then it didn't, and I was like, oh. <laughs> well, it did, but then it, it didn't. And then it was like, okay. Yeah, I uh, I think maybe maybe it could have worked better. Like I said, when you think you're going that route, and then you're like, no, no, we're going one one direction. and But then the direction's completely skewed anyways. It's like, I... That's, that's probably my biggest problem with this movie. Uh, I think especially knowing because it's, it's not just... We're not taking this movie, and we're not saying... Oh, compared this to this director doing this type of movie, or you know, oh, oh, these writers writing this type. No, no, no. It's taking what we know that he can do, what he has done, yeah, and not even that far off. No, <laughs> you know, within the last, like, honestly, within the last ten years, he's done this stuff very well. Yeah, and so doing that and trying to apply it to this movie, it just it, it, it felt. To me, it felt like it just was flat, like it didn't work, and and that's kind of one of my one of my like big 
problems with this movie. Maybe that's why I don't see it in the light of those other movies because it just felt like uh, you're getting here and there, and you do we do get to the ending, and the ending I I like. You know, I know some people don't like those type of endings, but to me it was fine. It, it but it's just kind of how we're getting there. It's like oh okay, I guess I need to see this again right now. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's it's shot really well though. It's I mean yeah he does a pretty good pretty good job directing. Um, the acting is done, especially like I said, a lot of the um, supporting cast. Which, I mean, I feel like Leonardo DiCaprio does a fine job. I think he plays that part like he's he's playing a particular character character in this movie. Like Rick Dalton has a specific like he kind of like um, like. He kind of stutters a little bit at certain points. Yeah. So, he, I mean, he's playing the character right, but I think it's just kind of meh compared to anything else that Leonardo, especially compared yeah. to, like, Django Unchained, where he's yeah. kind of just, like, let go, and it's like, you play an asshole. It's like, okay, well, let me see. Um, I like Trump. Okay. And then he just starts going off with, like, the N-word. It's oh, like, oh, okay, true. that's right, that's right. And I think Brad Pitt does a pretty good job. I think Margot Robbie is fine, right? Yeah. She's good. Um, I'm, I'm not saying that they're necessarily bad in any way. I just felt like um, they didn't give any, like, other than, I would say Brad Pitt's probably the best in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they didn't really give anyone, no. like, the breathing room to really, Mm-mm. really, I don't know, get in the character. I, th- I think you're right with, uh, with Leo because... He did feel like he was doing exactly what he had to do. It felt like that was a real character. Yeah. <laughs> but it it, it, it it wasn't like um star grabbing. You know what I mean? It was it wasn't like yeah, you're right. It wasn't like when he was in Django because that was like, oh, he's trying to steal the movie here. Oh yeah. Uh it wasn't anything like that. But it was it was good. Obviously solid. There's a reason why he's a great actor. Um Margot Robbie, I felt like yeah, you either should have gave her way bigger of a role, or you should have just cut her down more. <laughs> Which is what he had, and yeah. then people complained. And I, and I think that's what we talked about, too, is like, I get why people, you know, would want to see more of her, but... Now that you see the film, you're like, it was kind of unnecessary to have her as much as they did. Yeah, and I honestly feel like maybe... And it sucks because... It sounds like we're like no 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 cut like cut her more out of the film, like no I get her role in the film, and I think that maybe his original cut probably maybe his original cut was a lot better than this maybe but uh, I can see how some people are upset like oh you're shooting this blah 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 and it's like yeah but it's it's the way he's telling a story it's not like he's going out of his way to see like see Holly was better when when women didn't get to talk but. <laughs> See, and I think that goes to the problem is that people thought it was a Sharon Tate, like a Manson murder movie. Yeah. And when, so when they saw that she wasn't getting enough lines, they're like, well, you're not, this main character isn't even getting enough. And it's like, oh, now we know she really isn't even a main character. Yeah. She's just a, like a very side character. And I feel like that's why I think it felt weird for me is because it felt like they were trying to push her mm-hmm. to be a star in the movie when she shouldn't have been. No. She should have been that side character that, you know, they run into here and there or that they see in passing yeah. or whatever. I really I, I really do feel like we didn't need that much of her. We didn't need to know a lot of stuff. You could have showed a little bit here and there. Fine. But, 
you know, there's just there's scenes in that movie, like when they go to the Playboy Mansion, it's like I didn't need to see that. Yeah. Uh, or when she goes to get like the book for Roman Polanski. Yeah. It's like why? It was just kind of um, oh, because she's talking in that scene, so let's put it back in there. Yeah. Um. Maybe maybe the scene where she watches her own movie could have been fine if you cut it down a little bit. Well, let's see. Because she goes, she goes and she looks at the poster at the movie theater, then weirdly goes to, oh, oh yeah. to the bookstore. And then there's a scene and then it's, it leads to nothing. Like the book has nothing to do with anything. And then she comes back and it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's a little, there's little things here and there like that. I think that are, are bothersome, but honestly, as a whole, it is a good movie. Yeah. I uh, wouldn't say it's one of his best, but I do feel like he has a certain style on his 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 second half of his career yeah. that this fits in. And it's if you like any of his last couple of movies, this is going to fit right in. Oh, yeah. Uh, so there's that. But, um, yeah, I think it's a good film. Definitely worth the watch. And, yeah, we'll see, I guess, what he does with his quote-unquote last film. So this last year, I've noticed kind of a trend that's been happening this year that I'm not sure. I mean, I feel like a lot of people have picked up on it, but I kind of just wanted to point it out and like talk about it a little bit. This year seems to be the year of like us getting um, a lot of follow ups to first time directors because this year we, we received us from Jordan Peele. We got Midsummer by Ari Aster, Under the Silver Lake from uh, David Robert Mitchell, and then we're also going to get The Lighthouse from uh, Robert Eggers. And they're all directors that we've been waiting to see like what they're going to follow up their their first film too. And I feel like that's kind of interesting to think about when when you're going to look back on a year and be like, oh yeah, 2019 was when we got like all these movies from all these really great directors that. Isn't that crazy that like they followed up in this one year? I kind of wanted to talk about some other really good uh, follow-ups to um, to first-time directors, like uh, like Annihilation. That was Alex uh, Garland's second film, and I was like, "Oh shit, yeah, that's <laughs> that's true. That is a really good, like, solid, like, second film to come out with." Because it's so hard to when you think about like coming out with like you just had this really good film or you had a good film come out, right? And then you're like, well, what do I come up? What do I come up with next? What do I, and that's what everybody's watching you, right? Like, yeah. like, especially like Jordan Peele. I feel like everyone was like, what is he going to do next? How is he going to top get out? You can't top get out. Us is going to suck. And then he brings it out. And everyone's like, oh yeah, us is like one of the best films uh, this year. I mean, what do you think it takes to, get like a second film out there for people to be like, Oh yeah, look at that. Like, especially like if you've made something great or if you haven't made anything great, like just that second film, you well, think it's it, different now Yeah, than it was back. You know, I would say even 10, 15 years ago. Um, I feel like a lot of times people need to, uh, how do you say, dip their foot in the water before mm. they jump in. And I do feel like that's what a lot of these things are. Uh, sometimes they do hit it out of the park, 
But I also feel like, like anyone really, I mean, minus, I say minus very few. I do feel like there's probably uh, most everyone on this list or that we've ever talked about. They somewhat work on a film prior to where it can be like, oh, it's like I'm making this movie, even though I'm not directing it. Maybe I'm not fully writing it. Maybe blah, blah, blah. But it gets them there enough to when they do finally do something like a get out. It feels like it's so brand new. It's so fresh. But, you know, it's easy to forget that (laughs) this guy has been, you know, writing and creating for years, even though it was more comedy than anything. Um, Even before the movie, that movie came out, uh, I believe him and and, uh, Keegan both wrote that one, uh, Keanu. Yeah, and, I feel uh, like people just kind of forget about that. Yeah, because it, 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 I think it was like that was like their first step out of like, hey, we're gonna do a movie type of deal, and uh, it was so dumb but so awesome. <laughs> so I feel like a lot of times it's because of that. Um, like uh, what's his name, Alex Carlin? Uh, you know, he had did so much already writing these amazing films. When he finally stepped out on his own, it's like, huh, it's almost like you picked up all of this stuff (laughs) prior to, and then you wrote this fucking masterpiece. Yeah. So when you get something like uh, Annihilation, uh, some people say that, you know, maybe it doesn't hold up as the same, like, Ex Machina, but they're two different films. Yeah. But the same thing is, like, they still feel like... He's a part like he has his DNA in it. Yes. Um, and another one that he isn't it isn't his he isn't new, he isn't uh his second film or whatever, but I feel like is getting this resurgence and, and I'll bring it back later because I feel like this is probably the last couple years, uh, is uh Taika Watiti. Mm-hmm. Um he was someone that I think was always on the outskirts because just like uh Jordan Peele, he was more of a comedic guy. Yeah. Everyone knew him as a comedy guy, right? Yeah. That's all he ever was. And <clears throat> even though he did have a little bit of direction here and there with, like, doing TV shows or whatever, he was just kind of like a, a guy who was there, who did things. <laughs> especially him being um, from New Zealand, it's easy for oh, people yeah. to, you know, especially if people like us, to kind of just overlook it. But then when you go back and you watch, um, I still haven't watched Boy. I couldn't I find it. Boy, yeah. But um, but when you go back and you watch Hunt for the World of People and um, what we do, what in, we the do in the shadows, it's like, man, this guy was always on fire. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It, taking that and then seeing him literally coming into, I would honestly, I would say like him really coming into uh, stardom. And continuing that, it's like, it feels like he's fresh. It feels like he's brand new. Yeah. Even though technically he isn't. No. Um, But I do feel that's because we are seeing now, I would say, like, within the last, maybe you could honestly push it, like, within the last 10 years of, like, people starting their careers. But, like, honestly, within the last four or five years, I think we're seeing the, the new Hollywood we've been talking about. I think that's actually coming forward now. Good. Because think about it um, with Jonah Hill. Yeah. He oh, has yeah, always yeah. just been Jonah Hill, and then he comes out and he does mid-90s, and it's like, you di- you directed this? Yeah. Like, holy exactly. shit. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and, and their careers start to take a different 
turn too. So um, I feel like th- that's maybe what we're seeing is now that we're getting these things from these directors, <clears throat> it's pushing forward of this this new Hollywood, this new vision of what is going to be uh, media now from, you know, may- maybe it's not going to happen right away. But when you look at people like Jordan Peele who come out, make great movies, you look at, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Sam Levinson. Oh, that's what I was going to put on here. Even though he d- didn't make it's a... It's not a movie, but... But Euphoria yeah, feels Euphoria's, like a... Just, uh, that's all you fucking hear right now. It's like people are like, hey, you listen to, you watch Euphoria yet? Like, you ever you ever see the show Euphoria? And it's crazy because... That TV show, for, for being two people who watch Assassination Nation and saw, like, this is fucking brilliant. And then <laughs> having so many people re- re- disregard that to this, you could say, like, this would be his step off point, right? Mm-hmm. Where, you know, in maybe two, three years, maybe even longer, someone's going to say, hey, did you know he made a movie before he did Euphoria? Like, yeah. Go listen to our fucking podcast. <laughs> yeah, jackass. <laughs> Uh, but I feel like that's kind of where we're getting at. Yeah. I feel like we're, we're we're finally receiving these these wishful th- thoughts of like, man, I wish I wish Hollywood would actually change. And it's like, okay, maybe maybe it's not changing in the sense of like the academy is gonna all of a sudden be like young I, people of color. I wish. Um, or yeah, maybe <laughs> the fact that. Baby boomers could still, you know, make movies profitable because they're like old and they're like, oh, I'll go see that old movie with the old people in it, where doing old things and they're old superheroes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. even though that's not completely gone yet, but I feel like we are in the beginning steps of like what we considered kind of that that new era, that new age of of Hollywood. And I think that's kind of why we're starting to see these things now. Where, like I said, pe- people like, um, Taiguatiti, who technically isn't new. He, he's a part of this, this, uh, this new age of directors who, who are really pushing it there. And even though he has a couple films, you know, prior to Thor, uh, Thor was a kickoff point where he can start to do things like Jojo Rabbit, where people are like, this is offensive, but Hey, it's it looks not? fucking hilarious. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I don't know. I, I think that maybe that's why, you know, it looks so amazing that you, you're, you're seeing all these people like, oh, they're doing something. Oh, they're making another movie. Oh, they're doing something. And, uh, yeah. And then you even look at some of these people and it's like, oh, they've been in Hollywood for years. They just haven't, they didn't get that, that kick that, you know, some people got. Or, or look at like, um, Robert Eggers, who he he takes his time with film, right? Especially like The Witch, he he wanted it to be so like period accurate that like he went out of his way to be like, okay, we need to build this from scratch. <laughs> literally out of his way because they went to Canada. <laughs> yeah, he li- yeah he lit he they literally built like all that to a T of how they would have built it back then. And it's just so fucking crazy because it's like we're seeing it in one shot. We're you're literally not even seeing this. Yeah, it's like. It's- Explain to me why you have to use the same type of nails. We literally can't see it. It's, it's art. <laughs> but just to just to just because we 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 know the lighthouse is coming out and we know it's going to be good because hopefully. Shit out, yeah. Especially because what we've seen with the witch, it's just like 
what is he going to do, right? Like, how is he going to give us this kind of claustrophobic horror story, right? It's like a horror paranormal, I think. Well, I mean, maybe he's going to keep the claustrophobic feeling by literally staying in the lighthouse. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. It's it. You know, when you really when you really say it out loud. Yeah, you. I mean, I I feel like you get that that feeling of this is brand new, this is this is exciting, this is this is the new way, and it feels good to like finally have movies that are like, this isn't like it's not only like a, a newer um, director, but it's also new ideas that we. It's not just the same old same old. Steven Spielberg giving you suburbia and oh something's oh something's going wrong in suburbia. I guess, really, you could just say that it's an exciting time for filmmakers. Um, especially now, like I said, where things have changed. When you look at someone like Ari Esther, by no means is he just some guy who popped up and was like, hey, I made this movie. Hereditary was like 10 years in the making of someone who's just like us, just like you guys, just a regular person. Going out there and making dick fart jokes <laughs> to making really out there vulgar shorts. Yeah. And then he got his way to be able to make something like Hereditary and it paid off. Yeah. <laughs> Extremely well. Yeah. <laughs> and and I think it's really cool too because we got something like Midsummer. We talked about this, but he's also Someone who was like, "Hey, this is, I love this, but I want to, I still want to keep doing things. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to go out and I want to. Yeah. I did horror and it's cool, but let me let me do something like a comedy. Let me try yeah. to do a musical. That's and it's that, it's amazing. Yeah, that's what I. That's what like it's just like it's so. And you know, you know who's someone that I, I'm pretty sure they're not going to make another film. I wish they. I really hope they do. But like Boots Riley, like. Are they ever going to give him money to do it? I mean, he probably could, but but I'm just saying, like, is, do you think he's ever going to do another film? Probably not, huh? If he does, I feel like it'd be one of those things where it's like, your, your last movie came out how long ago? Yeah. Because that's what I was thinking about. I was like, who 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 hasn't, like, Ooh. come up with, a, like, a second film? And he's the only director I can think of, really, that, like, Made yeah, I haven't really heard good. anything about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, but I mean, like I said, I feel like this time frame that we're in, that we're continuing to go towards, I feel like it would give him an opportunity to be like, hey, you know what? I actually really like the way Hollywood is looking right now, and I still have a lot of shit to say. Like, let me go and you know, I think I'll make this movie, uh, as opposed to you know, the nineties, like. <laughs> the, yeah, and I'll just end it with this: is that I, I just love a film no matter what if it's good or bad. Yeah. Um, like I told you, there's me being spoiled by films of today make it hard to sit back and watch films of old and say, oh, well, this is why they're good, because so many people have learned from their mistakes. Where I don't have to sit through. <laughs> this shitty like camera angle. I don't have to, you know, I don't have to stand like ridiculous music playing all through this, this uh, scene and all this stuff, right? 
But I'm not saying those are bad. I'm saying like I think that because of this and because how we're moving forward and because we're finally pushing so many different ideas out there is that when we look back to these movies that are really masterpieces, we can actually say like, yeah, this is a masterpiece for this reason. It's a bigger conversation that we can get into later. But like with nostalgia, it, it skews people's vision of like, this is why the movies in the 80s are great. This is why only movies in the 70s are great. But when you go back and watch them, it's like, why? Why were they great? There's nothing here that is just as exciting or just as uh, heartfelt as something I could see today. Yeah. But the reason why I think I ride more for stuff today is because now we're getting people being able to tell their stories with no money at all. Yeah. Uh, um, one of the biggest, like, quote-unquote horror franchise started with the guy who bought a $20,000 camera, <laughs> spent a little bit more money, and then Paranormal Activity came. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And hate it if you want, whatever. That guy went out of his way to do exactly what yeah. he wanted to do. And look at what we got. Uh, same thing with, uh, like, a Ari Aster. He went out of his way to make these short films to to essentially <laughs> build up to the yeah. point where he can make hereditary and it's like amazing. Yeah. And I feel like right now, you know, we can sit here with a $1,400, you know, camera that can produce a, a really great looking film and we can go out of our way and try to make this movie. Just two guys in the middle of nowhere, Arizona Take that times probably a million worldwide, and we're starting to see these these crazy films coming out of like Korea or like yeah. look, look at all these like Indian films now yeah. that are coming out that are you know people are starting to be like, hey, have you ever saw have you ever saw a Bollywood movie? Like you know what I mean? Like now we're actually able to see a lot of this stuff. I and mean, we talked about it a lot, all the time with that one um that movie from. Uh, it's like Pakistan or something, that horror movie. Oh, Under the Shadow or something? Yeah, something like that, where it's like, who would have thought that we could sit here and enjoy this movie from so long ago without being pretentious, without being like, mm, I only well, like horror films from I, <clears throat> I only watch Italy. older French New Wave films, okay? Yeah. It, it, feels more, it feels more accepting, and it feels more grand because now we can get all these different films from different people where i can sit and i go watch some alien movie made in russia and then some weird i don't know norwegian love story <laughs> where that borders or whatever but i could watch this yeah. stuff now and be like this is awesome and and it's we i don't have to wait for you know <laughs> New Line Cinema to tell me what's next, and yeah. you know, 20th Century Fox to push this, this you know, new franchise on me. Yeah, uh, we don't need that shit. We still love it, obviously, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with uh, with like the MCU. But we're we're also lucky enough to get all the stuff you know now that we we would have never had a chance to see 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, it's from all these people who who they watched all that stuff as a kid, like we did, and then they're finally like, hey, what if I made a movie that was kind of like Hellraiser, but like just way more fucked up? It's called The Void. Yeah, and it's like amazing. You know yeah. I, mean? I feel like that's, we can end it here, but like that's kind of where we're getting to. Yeah. Especially with these, like I said, with these new directors, these directors finding a new new wave of, of yeah. success and all this stuff. 
and uh, like I'm here for it. Yeah, I really am. And, and so, I mean, your opinion can differ from ours, but I mean, then I, I feel like then don't listen to us, right? What yeah, do we yeah, know? yeah. Have your opinion. I mean, you're wrong, but obviously it's your opinion. I mean, I just feel like if you if you really wanted to have like a true opinion about things, you try to go out of your way to be like, hey. Disney's bringing out all these new remakes. But what if you actually went and just watched it? And you just went and watched the movie and you just forgot about all the old movies, right? And, um, and you just watched the movie. Yeah, and you sit there and just give yourself to the movie where you can enjoy it. Then you come out and say, hey, it's not that bad. <laughs> so on that, we'll say thank you for listening. Ooh, thank you, guys. Uh, we appreciate it, obviously. Uh-huh. But, of course, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, whatever, um, our Instagram, our Twitter, intb underscore podcast. Email us directly at intbpodcast at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, like I said, any, any of your favorite streaming sites, make sure to check us out on. Follow mm-hmm. it. Because, yes, you know, please. the episode will go live whenever you, Jeez. you know, if it's automatically refreshed or you had to refresh it, whatever. Don't just do it one time. And, yeah, I mean, let us know. Honestly, let us know, like, what you feel about this this idea that, you know, we're, we are in the age of, like, this new wave of Hollywood. Where, you know, before, I think we just were switchful thinking. But when you really, when you pull out <laughs> and look <laughs> at it as a whole... You start to see, like, hey, actually, maybe there is a fucking change. Yeah. Um, is there any, you know, is there any first-time directors you're excited to see about? Any of these new directors coming out with uh, second, second, third movies? Or even, like, are you excited to see West Side Story from Steven Spielberg? I mean, no one's saying that they hate him, but we're just, we just see a lot of faults in him. Yeah, where you have people saying, like, Oh, I'm gonna show this true reality of like teens and drug use, and show how like it isn't just like all about drama, and it isn't all about this. Like, there's love in there, and there is some heartache, but there's um, a lot of understanding that you didn't know about. And Steven Spielberg's like, "Yes, West Side Story, I will make it." Uh huh. That's what everyone wants. Yes. Or what did you think about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yeah. Uh, what is it place in your favorite of his movies? Uh, what do you think about the way they portrayed Sharon Tate and the, you know, how they skewed that reality from the, you know, murders and whatnot? Let us know. But until then, guys, remember. Um, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs>